0: Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 83 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, host of this show, and thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend, visit with us. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes 365 and you can follow Andrew McQuiston at AMCQ82. And you can also join our Facebook group. Great way to, if, uh, here's what the offseason's going on. Everybody's talking about fa- the playoffs. There are people already starting to talk about dynasty values and early drafts that are going on. And if you're looking to join a dynasty league or really any kind of league, there are people in there talking about leagues and looking to find leagues. So it's a good way to. Get connected with a bunch of other people who are really into fantasy baseball. Finally, the last way to show support for us is to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. That is a great way for us to get some recognition and get our name out there. On tonight's episode, Andrew and I are going to give our MVPs for the season and we will talk about our thoughts for some of them on some of them going into next year, along with talking about the playoffs that have been going on for the last two weeks. So, let me introduce Andrew. And Andrew, right off the bat, what are your reaction to the playoffs so far? As we're two rounds in,
1: pretty fun. Um, most of the teams that I've wanted to win haven't been winning, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, other than that, pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think you were quoted as saying anybody but Tampa, weren't? Didn't you say something like that last episode?
1: Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people love the Rays. I'm not; they're not my favorite, but I definitely am impressed with what they've done. Obviously, um, but yeah, just most of the series haven't gone the way I've been rooted for, but such is life, right?
0: Yeah, I can't say it's really been too much better for me. And um, both of our American League pl- uh, championship picks are out the window. You had Cleveland, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. You had Cleveland, and I had the A's, and they both gone. So we got Tampa, and of all teams, we got the Houston Astros, who I know we. I don't even remember. I. I know one of us picked—I think you picked one, and I thought it was a coin toss, so I picked the other. You picked the Twins, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so I at least had them getting in the second round. But I, like I said, that was a coin toss. If you had picked the Astros, I would have picked the Twins. I thought it was that close. And Here they are, despite everything going against them this year, the, everybody in the country outside of Houston wanting them to get eliminated— they still—they're still, they're actually back in the ALCS. That's good for them, uh, despite the fact that nobody wants to see them there. They're there right
1: now. Yeah, I'm really not that surprised, honestly. Like when they get on a roll, I mean, they can hit and been there, done that type thing. So I'm not too shocked. No, I'm not either. Especially because they didn't have to face the
0: Yankees or the Rays in the first two rounds and. While there are good American League teams, Oakland, like we talked about before, was beaten up, losing Chapman didn't help. And the Twins just never seemed to get out of the first round. Or Haven't they lost like 19 or 20 games in Eight. a row or something like that?
1: 18. Oh, how does that happen? Yeah. No. It's the longest. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the longest losing streak in playoffs in any sport i think i'm pretty sure that's right
0: you know i grew up a chiefs fan and i think that team went a good 20 25 years without a playoff win that was quite a few appearances but nothing like that 18
1: games pretty yeah, brutal. It seems pretty hard to do in baseball <laughs> that's crazy
0: meanwhile both of our national league central teams were eliminated in the first round Cardinals and Cubs. And what was interesting is all four of the NL central teams were that were in the first round lost. And also interesting, all were shut down in the deciding game shut out, I should say. So it was not a good first round for any of any of the division we were representing
1: anyways. Yeah, pretty rough. Both centrals. I, I don't think any of the, because the AL Central had three, White,
0: right? White Sox, Twins, Indians. Yeah, yeah. Indians. I hadn't yep. even thought about that. Yeah, all three AL Central yeah. teams also. So yep. yeah, it's
1: pretty it's pretty random, but yeah, it's wild. So how are you liking this
0: format with the more teams? Now that you say that, what are you thinking about the playoffs? The way they are
1: this year, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on it. I like that there's more games. I mean, obviously it's just more baseball whatever, but I feel like they've done a bad job with the scheduling, like the time of like the times of the games and stuff, just yes. spreading them out. They're not spreading them out evenly and I don't know, like the one day there was a couple games overlapping when there was no other games and just all kinds of stuff like that, but for the shortened season I feel like the 16-team the format, like eight in each league, it it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's working pretty good. It's kind of funny, too, that to me, I heard somebody say this. I think it was yesterday, but like in a season where everything's been shortened and so random, we still might end up with the two one-seeds in the World Series, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, really, I, to yep. me. But, um. Yeah, just interesting. I kind of like it.
0: I am enjoying it. It's kind of weird. I'm like trying to think about if next year was a full 162-game season, how I would feel about this type of format. And I love the idea of the p- these playoff games because they matter more. But I also what makes baseball special is the regular season is so important with those 162 to get in there that it would dampen the regular season if all these teams were getting in to where yeah. I don't I don't remember if where the conversation was. I think you and I were both part of a group conversation somewhere where it's like if you did that you'd have to shorten the regular season and that's not going to happen to where as much as I'm enjoying this, I think I would probably rather it go back to the 10 teams. What about you? What are your thoughts I, on
1: that? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I think they need to do something where the top seed gets some kind of advantage, like a buy or something. I I remember hearing one thing. I don't know if it was actually proposed or just brought up or what, but it being um, seven teams in each league instead of eight. And basically like, you know, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five, and the one gets a buy. Hmm. So I don't know how I feel about that. I still feel like that's a little too much, but – I think it's going to wind up being more than uh, more than the typical five going forward.
0: Hmm. I the buy thing's tricky because if you get a bunch of, um, you, I, you know who I think of when I think of the buy, I think of the Colorado Rockies from two thousand seven, and that was the year that they finished the regular season hot, barely got in the playoffs, and they didn't lose a playoff game. I think through the entire National League, the wild card and the championship series. And then they had this long layoff waiting for the Red Sox and then got trounced in four games. And
1: the Red Sox
0: were the better team. But I think there is something to that with baseball, with players having to take five days off for a short series to happen or maybe even longer if you got to buy and it's a five-game series. Maybe they do a three-game out of it, but I don't like that. But I do like something I've heard you say in the past which is maybe in a five-game series, have the higher seed, get the home in the first round, get all the games at home. I love the idea of that because that's a nice advantage for a team to have, maybe get a five-game series in the first round and everybody is at home. Yeah,
1: something like that. It's just I feel like there needs to be a greater edge for those teams, but it's not up to me. So (laughs) we'll uh, we'll see what they decide to do. So –
0: moving on, how do you feel about this format where there have been like no days off between games, but then no baseball on weekends when football is typically King here in the, in the States?
1: Uh, the no days off. I just think it tests your depth a little bit more, like, Mm -hmm. especially in the rotation. So I don't, I don't necessarily mind that. That's not really a big deal to me. I, I thought that the, I don't know. It does seem a little weird not having it on the weekends, but it's like we did have a game yesterday and there's a game tomorrow. Just mm-hmm. recording this on Saturday. So it's like, really it was just mostly last weekend. It was kind of yep. strange, but. I
0: love it. I think it's a great strategy as you're trying to get more eyeballs watching games. And when football regular season's going on, pe- casual fans are not going to pay attention to baseball. Where I think it's a brilliant idea, and I, I like the idea. I'm not even watching near as much football as I used to, but I just think it's a really good strategy. And get a and I agree about the depth thing with the no days off, but it's kind of realistic for what we deal with in the regular season. It's yeah, not like, no, so, I'm with
1: you there. Yeah,
0: so I kind of like the idea. All right, um, moving on, we got two teams in the ALCS that we I don't. We don't have our winners in the ALCS. We've got the Rays, and we got the Astros. And I haven't asked you this yet, but who do you think is going to win the ALCS? I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it?
1: I yeah, it's really tough. I think it's going to go deep. Like I think it's going to be a six or seven game series. I'll say seven.
0: I almost want to pick the and one you don't again.
1: I'll say the Rays, but I don't feel strongly about it at all. I post- there's just so- there's something about that team, man. Like it's, I just cannot believe how good they are. It's just, um, I was saying to somebody, it's like when they play the Yankees. If you if you wrote down a list like if you're, you know, you're watching the Rays Yankees and you wrote down a list of the top 10 players in that series, maybe even the top 12 to 15. you mm. You're listing almost all Yankees? I mean, okay, you know, position players? Sne- no, just all players. Okay. Just the best players in the it's it's like okay, Snell, Glasnow, Maybe Meadows, maybe a Rosarina. The way he's playing, but like, I mean, yeah. the Yankees the are just all these super powered, you know, studs, and and then the Rays go and beat them. It's just I don't know. They, there's something about that team, and it's just uh, hard to pick against them right now. But the Astros are tough, so I think it's going to be a really, really good series.
0: I'm with you, and I posted a, this on Baseball 365 last night, right after the game curious to know in a poll how people were voting and I didn't look tonight but when I looked midday today I think it was something like 70 to 20 in favor of the Rays and my thought was man that's a lot that's a much bigger gap than I would give this series I think it's a coin toss and yeah I could see myself picking the Astros I could see myself picking the Rays in this I think it's a coin toss since you're saying Tampa, I'm just going to go on and say Houston just because I think it's close. But, yeah, it should yeah, be a good one. It's definitely close. Now, we both picked the Dodgers to go to the World Series. I doubt either of us are changing that, correct? I'm not. No, I'm not. So, the question, Atlanta, you know, played has played pretty impressive ball here. How many games does this series go, though?
1: Um, I will say six, but I think, I think five or six.
0: So I thought of a bet today on this for our first three, but bet. no, I'm, I got, I'm I not got, betting on it. I got, I got, I got one for you that I might get you on. Cause I'm with you on, I think it's four or five. You think it's five or six. What if I pick four and you pick six and five is a chop?
1: No, ah dang,
0: because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I won't even be surprised if they sweep. They're just no, I wouldn't either. But I the wouldn't be surprised is, if Atlanta um, pulled off a few. Um, what was I gonna say? The Braves' pitching has been so good. Yep. Like in the playoffs so far, but no disrespect, but I mean <laughs> they've played the Reds and the Marlins, and the Dodgers aren't that. So.
0: You could take the best players on the Reds and Marlins and put them in one lineup and you're now not still near as good as the Dodgers.
1: This Dodgers offense is just relentless. I mean, I watching those games against the Padres and I thought that was going to be a great series and it wound up being a sweep, but it's just, they just keep coming and coming and coming. you know, it's just everybody's hitting and they pitch too. So, yeah, I, I think it's their year, but um we'll see. I mean, it's baseball. Like, I won't it, you know, anything can happen in these series, but they're just clear the favorite. So,
0: you shared a great Dodger stat in terms of you're talking about how relentless they were, but the home runs. Do you remember what that tweet was that you shared?
1: Uh, they've hit, well, I actually heard that they only hit one home run in the series against San Diego. And then I just looked up the other series, and they hit one. So they've hit two home runs in the playoffs, which is like 10th among all playoff teams or something. But just tons of hits and getting guys on base, and they put the ball in play, and they just do everything well. So it's going to be tough to beat them.
0: I'd like to know how many players have hit more than two home runs in the playoffs. I know Stanton would be on that list, and I know there's more. Um that'd be fun to look into see how many guys have more home runs than the Dodgers yet the Dodgers still are just blowing teams away.
1: Yeah. They just beat you in so many ways. Like the Braves can slug for sure, but I don't know. It's like, they're going to have to really, really slug in this series to win it. it
0: they could slug and I'm still it's gonna not be thinking tough. they're going to win it. Like, what, what percent chance, last thing, and then we need to get moving on, what percent chance would you give the Braves winning this
1: series? 25-30%.
0: And I'm even lower. I'm sitting here thinking like 10-15. to 15. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic there because, I mean, we've seen it happen. Yeah,
1: it's a baseball series. I mean, uh-huh. I can't go much lower than that. But, yeah, it's,
0: it's low regardless. I'd be
1: surprised, yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about our MVPs for the season for Fantasy. All right, Andrew. The way I did this is basically... You can make it however you want, whether you just want to pick the best player, whether it be the best value for ADP, maybe a free agent that was picked up. It doesn't matter. This is our game, and you can do it however the heck you want. So we're going to go back and forth on this because I've picked one, and I've picked an alternate just in case you took my guy, and I think you've done the same. So we'll just go back and forth on this and start off with Catcher. And, Andrew, since you're the You're not the guest. You're my co-host. I'm going to let you go first.
1: (laughs) Uh, Catcher, I took uh, Salvador Perez. Mm. So he was the seventh catcher drafted, ADP of 153, and finished the season number two behind Real Muto. I actually almost took Real Muto. Uh, Like you said, I mean, with all of these, it's kind of – you know, some of them I picked just the best guy, some of them the best value. A couple of them in here were guys that helped me personally in leagues. So just kind of varying guys throughout here. But, um, yeah, Sal Perez, 22 runs, 11 homers, 32 RBI, one steal, and a third 333 batting average. Same amount of homers and RBI as Real Muto and a better batting average, so. Just think he provided really good values. Like I said, seventh catcher off the board. So, um, yeah, that's who I went with.
0: And congratulations. I know you were really touting him before the season. He was one of your favorite values this year as catcher. Yeah. I know you got shares. I I got one share of him, and, yeah, he had a fantastic year. Uh, Mine is Austin Nola, ADP of 523. So he was not being drafted in a lot of redraft leagues, drafting holds, he was a very late pick. He finished 273 with a 353 on base, with seven home runs, 24 runs, and 28 RBI in 48 games. So valuable that the Padres gave up a handful of players to get him, and he finished as the sixth best catcher in fantasy leagues. And I forgot to say this before I started. Most of these picks that I'm going to make are guys that made an impact for my teams. And in my daily dynasty league, um, we have one catcher. And I went into the year with Mitch Garver as my catcher, who outcoming another guy I picked up who had a great year last year. And as he was terrible, I picked up Austin Nola, and then Garver got hurt. And when he came off the IL, I had to decide, and I just went on and threw Garver back. And Nola's going to be my catcher going into next year. And, who knows, this could be a one-year wonder deal. It wouldn't surprise me, but he had a great year.
1: Yeah, yeah, great year. He um, He's the argument for, like, punting catcher. You know, I mean, some people, I think, are going to be like, chase the top guys. Some are going to say punt it. But, um, yeah, nobody was drafting him, and he was great.
0: Yep. Uh, we'll go back and forth through the snake style. So I'll start off first base and go with Jose Abreu, ADP of 77, he was the 10th first baseman off the board. I've liked this guy the last three or four years in a row in terms of value. He had a down year, I think, three or four years ago where he was hurt. And every year since then, I've really thought his ADP was just a little lower than it should be and have had a lot of shares. And this year he had probably the best year of his career, even though it was in a short sample. 317 batting average with 19 home runs, 43 runs, and 60 RBI in 60 games played. He finished 6th amongst all hitters in fan track scoring. He could end up MVP of the league also. So Jose Abreu is my pick. I He was great for me in a couple leagues.
1: Yeah, great pick. He was actually um, one of the guys that I had thought about too. So, yeah, I can't argue with that. All right, who's yours? So my guy, I think this is my MVP in RM2 this year, I, Luke Voigt. I mean, God, just what a season. Like He, um, he was actually kind of with that roster that I had because I have Rizzo and, um, well, LeMayhew can play corner if there's somebody else, but... Voight was kind of one of those guys coming into the year. It was like, uh, like, he was like my utility or whatever, you know. But, uh, yeah, he was just in there all the time and, uh, mashing it. Reminded me a lot of Pete Alonso last year. I mean, he was just tearing it up. Uh, 41 runs, 22 homers, 52 RBI. Led the league in homers and 277 batting average. So be curious to see where he goes next year in the, uh, two early mocks that uh, Justin Mason is doing for like they do it with the TGF. A lot of people from TGFBI. There's nine nine drafts, and they're already like kind of drafting his ADP's forty six. So that's it, like the the three four turn, which I actually thought it would be a little higher than that. So I thought he'd be a third rounder, and he's basically he's basically like three four. So
0: yeah, Pete Alonso um, was going earlier than that coming off of yeah. his big year last year
1: yeah alonzo's actually going 52 so they're they're pretty close there are like mm-hmm. early part of the fourth i don't really think that um i don't know like i don't think that much is gonna slow down void i mean he's in a great offense gets on base has a ton of power i mean it was a great year i i don't know a great lineup i i could be in on it there we'll see a lot of time to think about that but yeah
0: Okay, who do you got at second base?
1: So second base, I went with the uh, number one second baseman for the season, actually. Um, ADP of 196. I actually had a share, and it was on accident because I just took him because it was like the last decent second baseman left, and he had a hell of a year. Brandon Lau, the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, 36 runs, 14 homers, 37 RBI, three steals and a two sixty-nine batting average. Yeah. I think he was getting drafted in like the 14th round is where I got him. I, I still remember that was the first draft I did this year and it got to a point and I was like, God, there's no second baseman left. I'm just going to take Brandon Lau, <laughs> and he was awesome. So yeah, he's my pick.
0: He was one of those guys, I think last year he was my top eight. I picked him to be a top eight second baseman in OBP leagues. I remember saying that. And he was really good while healthy, and then he got hurt. And like a lot of my bold predictions that I've made the last couple of years, I just got to wait a year, and then they go off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, struggled in, he struggled in that Yankees series, so we'll yep. see if he, if he bounces back.
0: But. Yeah, that's another guy who will be real interesting to see what his ADP is. Yeah. Um, My pick is Robbie Canoe, 336 ADP, second baseman, number 39 off the board. So he was pretty much left for dead. And I grabbed him as my middle infielder in a bunch of redraft leagues this year. I just thought that, yeah, he may be done, but I wasn't ready to be certain he was. And in 49 games, he had a 316 batting average with 10 home runs, 23 runs and 30 RBI. There were plenty of guys that were better than him, but he provided great, really good value for people who t- waited and took him. So Cano's my pick. He had a gr- he had a very nice bounce back for him. So
1: yeah, definitely. I Cano's one of those guys that I'll never be that surprised if he's good. Yep. Like he's just always been such a good hitter and. Obviously, you know, he's. we all know he's older and on the decline, but it's just one of those guys that as good of a hitter as he is, it, you can't ever be that shocked, you know, if he's pretty solid. So,
0: And I don't expect pick. his ADP to go up that much just because no, it's, I don't not, either. it's not sexy here. He doesn't provide speed. So I could see myself once again grabbing him as a middle infield option this, this next offseason. Okay, so I guess I'm leading off here with shortstop, and this is one where I am going with the top at the top. And that would be Fernando Tatis Jr. and his ADP of 17. And people that took him there were rewarded. I mean, there were a lot of people that would say there's not much upside and there's a lot of risk taking him at 17, and understandably so. But... You know, it was a big conversation we had last off season, and some things that you said got me to buy in a little more. Not, and you weren't even as certain at that time, but you're like, it wouldn't surprise you if this guy's a top five player. It wouldn't surprise you at all. And the, with the speed and the the home runs looked pretty safe and there's a question was just gonna be batting average. Here he finished with a two seventy seven batting average, three sixty six on base and five seventy one slug. 17 home runs, 11 steals. He had an awesome year, but he did struggle a lot in September. But he also was pretty dang good in that series against the Cardinals in October. Had a, I think he played pretty well against the Dodgers. I know he had one home run taken back. But with the struggles in September, I was going to ask you, how much pause are you letting that give you in terms of drafting him? Because there was a lot of talk of him being the number one overall pick. There still is, but... I think a little bit of buzz did come off with that September struggle.
1: Uh, he will be probably, for me, like 3, 4 overall, 2 maybe, somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's awesome. I don't really have any concerns. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty certain he's not my one,
1: but I agree. He's, he's not my one, yeah. He's not my one either, but yeah somewhere in there somewhere two to five probably for me okay who's your shortstop uh he was actually one of them and the other one is i know you sent me to the other guy that you listed uh cory seager he was i'm sorry i had his adp pulled up where did he go 145 is what i
0: saw (laughs) on an fbc
1: yeah something like that yeah um but yeah, he was uh, he was great. Thirty eight runs, fifteen homers, forty one RBI, one steal, and a three oh seven batting average. So yeah, really uh, really solid. I kind of felt like going into the season. I mean, a lot of people were down on Seager, and um, I kind of felt like he would bounce back. I didn't think it would be to this extreme. I mean. He ended the year as a, a top five shortstop. So wasn't completely expecting that, but not all that shocked. I mean, he is really talented hitter, and, man, it's just a cozy spot hitting in the top third of the Dodgers lineup. So got to love that moving forward. Yeah,
0: very much so. And great year, great year. His stat cast data also really showed improvements. That was, I think,
1: something we talked about earlier this year. Yeah. Okay, who's your
0: third baseman?
1: So third base, I went with the top guy, and um, I personally think he's the AL MVP, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, Uh, ADP is 17. I just think it's kind of another one of those guys you can't really go without mentioning. I mean, 45 runs, 17 homers, 46 RBI, 10 steals, and a 292 batting average. I mean, it's kind of the definition of five categories. I think I I think I uh multiplied it out, you know, if you basically you take all these numbers times 2.7, that gives you like 162 game season. And his numbers were like 125, 125, like 45 homers and 20 some 27 steals. I mean, it's just it's just the definition of MVP, you know. So um yeah, he's definitely my guy.
0: That sounds like 2018. That's what I hear when yeah. I hear that. It's 2018. Um I'm going to pick another Seager for mine, Kyle Seager with an ADP of 300. He was the 37th third baseman off the board at a 241 batting average but a 355 on base with 9 home runs and 5 steals. 35 runs and 40 RBI in 60 games and he finished 3rd amongst third basemen in Fantrax's scoring ahead of Raphael Devers and Anthony Rendon. Great year for him, really, for a guy who I think I grabbed him. He was another one I waited a long time in TGFBI on third base and took him as like a, I think I took him as my starting third baseman and definitely worked out for me. So, he was my pick there.
1: Yeah, good pick.
0: Okay. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and do our outfielders. So I forgot to say this going in, but Andrew and I each picked three outfielders and three pitchers to do this part, so... We've got three different outfielders here, and I'm going to start off with Kyle Tucker in his 156 ADP, finished as the outfielder 41. Actually, I should say he was drafted as the 41st outfielder off the board. And I remember Andrew and I talking about him, and both of us did not like his ADP. I only have one share because of the Dynasty League and it wasn't that we didn't think that he was going to be good but there was just a lot of risk of playing time with him with Josh Reddick still on that team it could have gone really south but instead he got the he got started out real hot and he got the playing time earned dusty baker's trust got a 268 batting average with 9 home runs 8 steals 33 runs and 42 rbi in 58 games so those who did invest it sure did pay off
1: yeah definitely he, he was awesome you want to you want to take a guess as to what his adp is in the two early mocks
0: probably too early is what i will say <laughs> <laughs> uh 56
1: no he was taken higher than that in all nine drafts oh uh, 30 38
0: uh, I will not 20, own a Kyle Tucker share in a redraft league if that's what his ADP
1: is. The tenth outfielder off the board. Oh my
0: gosh! <laughs> I, I I get it. I mean, George Springer get is a free I, agent, and yeah. I Josh Reddick's a free agent. His playing time looks a lot more secure.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not worried about the playing time anymore. I'm not worried about it. Th- it's more about the performance like yeah. sustaining. Yeah, I'm not the playing time is concerns for me at least that they're pretty much gone. I mean, yeah. I I think he's fine there, but um yeah, I mean, he's looking like a OF1. I mean, maybe it drops, you know, these are obviously really early and things will shift as the off-season goes on, but yeah, he's not going to be cheap. There's a lot of people believing in Kyle Tucker.
0: And I know that speed is really hard to find. And a guy who's getting eight steals in 58 games, I mean, he was out there running a lot. I get that part, and that is a very intriguing part. So maybe yeah. maybe I'm saying this now and I'll change my mind in the offseason, but well, uh, I've got time to think about it. All right, who's your outfielder?
1: first outfielder you're going to pick? So I did kind of one uh, one stud, one guy that helped me out, and then one like value guy. Uh, my first one, I'll just go with the stud, and uh, that is the 1-1 in the two early mocks and possibly the NL MVP, Mookie Betts.
0: What a year he had.
1: Yeah, 47 runs, 16 homers, 39 RBI, 10 steals, and a 292. Batting average, uh, yeah. I mean, not surprised at all. I, I think I remember predicting he'd be the best player, and he wasn't yep. quite that. I think he's was second or third. But yeah, there's just so much floor and so much ceiling with Mookie. I I've actually been thinking a lot about who I would take one, and I'm not completely settled on it, but I think he's like. Maybe the smart, like the safest pick, and and I don't mean that in, in that he doesn't have upside too, because he has a ton of it. So yeah, I don't know, but um, I would. He's definitely in my top two.
0: Understandable. I mean, if you took his numbers and extrapolated them, extrapolated them over like hundred and fifty-five games, I mean, you're talking mid forties and home runs high 20s and steals, probably around 125 runs and over 100 RBI right at it. That's a superstar. And I'm not saying you can take what he did this year and extrapolate it and say that's what he's going to do, but on that same note, he's in such a good lineup. I mean, there is so much security in that, that even if he has a down year, I mean, he... Can you imagine a world where he played 150 games and didn't score 110 runs on that team? No.
1: A down year at this point with Mookie is just going to be if he somehow just stops running as much. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the main thing because there's no scenario that I can really see anyway where he's healthy and you're like, oh, I regret that pick. It just, It just isn't going to happen. <laughs> he's too good. He's at too, in too good of a lineup in, at the top of it. The only way really where you might be like, yeah, is if he just steals like 10 or 12 bases, yeah. you know, and that there's no sign of that happening. No. So if it does, it will just be because it happened and, you know, nobody thought it was coming. But um, I don't see that, at least not next year. So I
0: really hadn't yeah. taken the time to think about him as the number one overall player, but I can buy it after hearing that
1: and thinking about I it. Definitely, yeah, I definitely, I definitely could buy it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Who's your second
1: outfielder you're picking? So my second one was a uh, was a guy. He finished third in. Uh, I just, I'm just got it ranked by Fantrax score, you know, whatever. But, um, and I know we weren't huge on him in the preseason, but he helped me win a league. Helped me cash in another, and that's wit Merrifield.
0: Oh, yeah. He had um, another
1: good year. Yeah, I will say I, I didn't know what to think, mostly with the stolen bases. And, you know, he ended up 38 runs, 9 homers, 30 RBI, 12 steals, and a 282. So, really good across the board. I mean... Basically paced out for about twenty-five home runs and thirty-plus steals. So, I mean that's huge, you know. So, definitely really really good year for Wit, and um, yeah, figured I'd go with him here. I
0: don't have much to add. I know we played a over-under steal game on him for on one of our recent podcasts. I think it might have been last one with the AL fifteen and fifteen. So. I don't have much more to add on him, but yeah, heck of a year. And yes, I get to take an L on that one because I was very outspoken about not liking Witt this year. Uh, My next one was pretty much undrafted in all leagues, even uh, draft and hold leagues. He was going undrafted. Adam Duvall, ADP of 704. He was outfielder number 187 off the board. Uh, We recently discussed him, so I'm not going to go too much here, but he did have a 237 average, but with 16 home runs, 34 runs, and 33 RBI in 57 games, he had an awesome September. And moving on, I'm going to talk another guy that was uh, right at the borderline undrafted in draft and hold leagues, and that would be Dylan Moore with the Mariners. Speed is a hard thing to find, and he rewarded people who Picked him up in redraft leagues, 38 games played, 255 batting average, eight home runs, 12 steals, 26 runs, and 17 RBI. And, yeah, I'm real curious if this is the kind of guy that can repeat and become fantasy relevant or if he's just going to disappear. But what are your thoughts on Moore? You
1: know what? One of my probably biggest – I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, but one of my biggest regrets from this season. So you know how much, like, you know how when you get to the cuts deadline for Dynasty Leagues, you, like, obsess over who you're going to cut? Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. RM3, 20-team <laughs> oh, dynasty. no. 20-team dynasty. Oh, no, no. There's no there's no, you didn't cut winters. Dylan
0: Moore. You didn't cut I, Dylan Moore. Yeah. I cut Dylan Moore
1: <laughs> and I thought a lot about it, you know, cause you, you, have your guys like on the cu- on the edge and you're like thinking about it hard. And he wasn't even, he was like one that was an easy cut mm-hmm. to me. I mean yeah. like fairly, fairly easy, you know, like not, I, I guess I shouldn't say easy, but it was just, it wasn't like he was the last guy or something. It was like a guy I was definitely cutting when it came down to it. And I was like, it, when it started off, you know, early in the season and he's like Homer steel, Homer steel. And I'm thinking <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Like I'm just sitting there cause somebody else had picked him up by that point, you know? And I was like, wow, I just never saw that coming pretty wild i did notice his adp in the uh early mocks here mm-hmm.
0: i'm gonna take another Whoa. stab here i was about to say like 130 130 right on the dot oh how about that yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah that's round um nine
0: yeah that's about the t- spot where it seems like those flyers what's go. his
1: i wonder what his position eligibility is i just i don't i'm not gonna look it up but um. Yeah, obviously, really good season. I mean, steals are valuable, and as long as he keeps getting playing time and is running, I mean, yeah, he he could be worth that pick. It's you know we'll see on some of that, but yeah, he had a really good year.
0: I've got his page loading up right now.
1: I would he guess, played
0: he played ten games at second base and thirteen in the outfield, so he's going to be second base outfield. Second eligible. base
1: outfield. I would guess at that price, I'm probably not buying, but. Um he could be all right. If, if he gets you the if he gets you the playing time and the steals, he'll be all right.
0: Yeah, it's one of those guys that you'd feel if you missed out on a lot of the speed early, you probably have to take him or I should say that's one of those guys you're taking and you're not feeling great about, but could work out still.
1: He's also he's also the type of guy that I I feel like if he has a bad month, he could just go away.
0: Oh yeah, especially like with in the Mariners. April. With those like up-and-comers? Like
1: April or something. Yeah, it just, you know, you have that every year where guys just disappear if they start off real cold. And um, I could see the possibility of that with him depending on the whole depth chart and stuff like that. I mean, he can play a little bit all over the field, so that does help his case. But
0: Yeah, let's say the Mariners sign themselves a middle infielder. Long starts playing better. Julio Rodriguez is up early. Kelnick's up early. He's not playing well. Yeah, I can easily yeah, see a there's, scenario there's where he's right out of there. Yeah. Okay, your turn. Pick your outfielder.
1: my. Uh, so my last one, and this one shocks me as much as anybody in the entire league. His ADP was three thirty-three, the ninety-third outfielder off the board, Tiasker Hernandez, <laughs> and um, I didn't even own him. So it wasn't like he really helped me out, but gosh, I just I just can't believe the season this guy had. I mean, 33 runs, 16 homers, 34 RBI, 6 steals, 289, helped across the board, even hit for average. Yeah, uh, out, top 10 outfielder this year. I mean, what can you say? He had a great season. And um, I know I was telling you before, right before we started recording, his ADP in these two early mocks is 64. <sighs> I won't I won't own him at that price, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, hell of a year.
0: Yeah, I told you I might be able to talk myself into Kyle Tucker. I can promise you I will not talk myself into Teoscar Hernandez at 64 <laughs> if that's where he's going. I can promise yeah. you that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I will either. There's a lot of time to go over it, and, like, sometimes it's just a – you see this and it just kind of hits you in the face like, wow, really? But, um, yeah, I mean, he had, he had an awesome year. So.
0: Yeah. I think I dropped him in our Rotomasters two league a year and a half ago. I know I dropped him. I want to say it was about then I had held on to him for, I think a year, year, maybe two years. And that uh, was about a year and a half. I think it, and he yeah. looked done. He looked like he was not going to make it. And Heck of a year this year. It'll be interesting to see if this 60-game stretch or like 45 or 50 for him was a flash in the pan or if he can carry on the success. We'll see. Okay, we're going to move on to pitchers, and and you and I both picked two starting pitchers and one reliever, and I'll let you start off here.
1: I will start at the top again and uh, go with Shane Bieber Uh because there's really, like you can't really go through pitching MVPs and not mention him. So, um, yeah, best pitcher in baseball this year, 77 innings pitched, 122 Ks, 163 ERA, .86 whip, eight wins in 12 starts. So, he was the seventh starting pitcher off the board, and he finished number one. Looked like, uh, I mean, he looked better than ever this year. I wasn't, uh, I didn't have any shares of him. wasn't really in on him coming into the year. But
0: no, you're not, you're I think he's
1: over. a, I think he's definitely a first round pick next season.
0: In these two early mocks, is he number? I'm assuming one or two uh,
1: among pitchers. Yeah. He is, I think he's I two.
0: Third. Yeah. yeah, he's two. DeGrom one, Beaver two. Okay, Cole third. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think if I would be willing to take him in the first round. I know pitching's so hard to come by. I just, man. I, yeah, I
1: would. I would. I'll I have believe. to think about
0: that one. I'm not sure yet. Okay.
1: I might have him. I might have him third of those three. I remember thinking before even seeing any of this, like, what my order is there with DeGrom, Gram Beaver and Cole but I think that they're pretty interchangeable. I mm-hmm. I don't yeah, I don't feel real strongly about it. I think I would have DeGrom Gram one. I would do. But I think you can make the case for really any of the three. I, yeah. They're the Bieber top 3. Was the best this year. Yeah, they're definitely the top 3, I think. Yeah.
0: I I can't in my head think of another pitcher I'm taking over Bieber outside of those three. I just don't know how comfortable I feel in the first round. It's one of those. It, but pitching is so hard to find. It's the fair.
1: yeah, really, really in the first round when you like break it all down, it's like it doesn't come down so much. I don't think to what player or like you know where you put the pitchers I think is just personal preference mm-hmm. like do you want a pitcher in the first round or mm-hmm. don't you and if you do then you're taking one of those guys and if you don't then you're taking a hitter it's pretty yep. simple on that part but i think i mean if if you're trying to take a pitcher because you feel like you can go hitter 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 or whatever however you want to lay it out i mean those three are fine to take
0: all right my first i'm gonna pick the go with two starting pitchers here and then finish off with the closer and i'm gonna start off with adam wainwright four eighty seven a d p pitcher number one hundred and ninety and this was probably a last hurrah here, but I'm thrilled to see him have one last good run. He's one of my favorite cardinals ever as a fan um one of my favorite baseball players, and I think his personality has been shown to the country as he's been um doing some work in the booth. And I think I saw him tweet that he's either going to be pitching for the Cardinals next year or he's going to be in the booth. So I think that he's already one of those guys that after his career, I feel very confident will be one of those guys we see in the media for years to come and he's got the personality for it. But anyway, getting back on track, he finished as the 31st best starting pitcher with 65 innings, 54 strikeouts, 3.15 ERA, 1.051 whip, 5 wins and 10 starts. And actually, the 31st best, I bet that was pitcher, not starting pitcher. So there are relievers in there. So good job. Thank you, Adam Wainwright. I'm always going to be a fan of you. Good good to see you get one last good year um, before you finish off here. And moving right on to my next one, going back to, a, th- I mean, both of my next two pitchers have a theme and they were guys who I was very high on last year and had them both as big, br- having big years in our bold predictions. Neither one of them worked out at all last year. Both of them hit gold this year. I think I doubled down with both of these guys on this year's bold predictions. I know the second one I definitely did, but this first one here, Corbin Burns, I think I said he was going to be a top 40 pitcher. I'd have to go back and listen. But 385 ADP, pitcher number 155, and he finished as the 25th best pitcher this year despite getting jerked around between starting games and pitching in middle relief early in the year. He had nine starts, four wins, 59 innings, 88 strikeouts, a 2.11 ERA, and a whip just barely over one. Fantastic year. He's clearly a starting pitcher with the Brewers now. And my question for you, Andrew, would you consider him a safe, like safely within the starting pitcher twos in fantasy going into next year or maybe a little lower?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's in there. He's the twenty-third starter off the board in these mocks. Nice. Um, which I actually is lower than I thought he would be. I, maybe the the injury at the end has dinged him a little bit. I I would have loved to see him against the Dodgers in, oh, yeah. that, ser- in that series. I. I remember thinking going into it, I was like, man, if they have Burns and Woodruff, like back to back, I mean, I know it's the Dodgers, but like, that's at least something, you know, like, I mean, they can put up a fight. But when Burns was out, it was kind of like, "Eh, they're probably done, you know, but yeah, great year. He he, honestly would, I think he'd be in the Cy Young talk if he wasn't getting jerked around at the beginning. Agreed. It just wasn't enough time, you know, to, but the numbers definitely uh, warrant it. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a stud.
0: He was a guy who was so bad last year, and I stuck to my guns because when I'd listen and – I mean, when you'd watch him pitch, he just saw stuff, but it was getting beaten around. I think he was just trying to learn how to pitch last – I mean, last year. And, I mean, the reports on his grades of his pitches, I think he had like three or four 60-grade pitches. And Yeah. Oh, and, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. And I just – continued sticking with the scouting report and hoping that the pitching pitchability would get figured out. And yes, it happened.
1: I will not be surprised. I actually expect him to move up from that, you know, like mm-hmm. what I said, 23rd. I, I think that he's a, the type of guy where the helium throughout the offseason is just going to build and build and build and shoot yeah. him up, 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 up. As long as he's healthy. I mean, if there's questions with, you know, if there's some type of injury question going into the season or obviously anything can happen with their pitchers, you know, but um, assuming health for all of these guys like kind of in this range, I think he's one that can go way up even into like the 14, 15, 16 range. I think he can get up to that with ADP wise. I'm not necessarily saying I'd buy him there, but um, I think he can get up to that. Yeah,
0: I'm. I love the guy. I I could I could be one of the people guilty of helping move this guy up from 23. So I hope it doesn't get to the helium doesn't get too high. Okay, who's your start? Who's your second pitcher here?
1: You want me to do just my last two back to back? My starter, and my However reliever. You wish. So I took um, another pitcher who helped me in RM two, and I think was a huge value this year. And that's uh, Kenta Maeda. He was the, no, the 46th starter off the board, ADP of 169, and finished number six. 270 ERA. I believe he led the majors in whip, .75. And um, 66 and two-thirds, 80 Ks. He was awesome the whole season. I mean, just awesome. So, and compared to what you thought you would get, you know, dra- he was drafted as a number three starter or whatever. So even, well, three, four borderline, really. So, yeah, definitely a uh, huge value with Maeda and really carried the Twins pitching staff the whole year.
0: You know, the Dodgers rarely ever do anything that looks bad, but they, you know, they've always babied him. And come September, they've taken him out of the rotation to prepare him to pitch in the bullpen in the playoffs. Here he goes, he gets out of L.A. and he goes and has a career year, albeit in a 60-game sample where yeah. maybe he, maybe the Dodgers know something and he isn't capable of throwing 200 innings in a season. So I'm real curious to know how he does next year over a full season. So it's interesting. Yeah,
1: he will be, be 33 early next year. Doesn't have, doesn't seem to have a ton of mileage on his arms. so. No, I mean. I don't think he's ever gotten. Yeah, 175. His, yeah, his uh, rookie year. Yeah, that was just. But he's always been good. I mean, he's always had, you know, more than a K in any career and really good whip. So, yeah, I think he's pretty good. I mean, I, I think he'll probably get drafted as like an SP2 and. I don't know if I'll buy in there, maybe, but um, I think it's mostly legit, yeah.
0: I'd take him as a three. I don't think I would feel comfortable with him as my two, personally. Be curious. Again, that that all just depends on ADP. Okay, who's your reliever you got here?
1: Uh, my reliever I took, he was the fifth closer off the board, finished number one liam Hendricks, this guy yeah i mean he's just become so reliable so good consistent uh 25 and a third 37 k's only three walks on the season 14 saves 178 era 0.67 whip not much to say i mean he's just become the guy for Oakland and not only that but just become one of the best closers in baseball. So I think he's probably going to go off as the second closer off the board behind Hader.
0: Yeah, heck of a year. You know what's interesting about him the last year I think this last offseason I I think you and I both were a little nervous about taking him just because we had just seen this happen with the A's the year before whenever um Oh, shoot. The Dodgers setup guy who, um, training. Yeah. Blake Blake training. Yeah. He had the big year and then had some struggles and he was out of the role. And then Liam comes in and has a real good year. It's like, I don't know if I want to buy into that. And yeah, heck of a year he had. Um, my pick is probably my favorite pick I'll make of this whole thing. And it's my victory lap for the season, I would say. And that would be Trevor Rosenthal of the Padres. Uh, you know what?
1: Just, just real quick, not to interrupt you. I was strongly considering taking him,
0: but you knew, and
1: I, and, and I was like, Nope, Justin will do it. I'm not, <laughs> I don't have to do it.
0: There were a couple of those that I did. T- I did the same thing
1: when I was looking. That at was the leaders. only one. That was the only one. I was absolutely certain <laughs> you would take. <laughs>
0: Uh Yes, my, my guy for the last two years in good times and bad, um, 619 ADP, pitcher number 253. For those who don't remember last year, the 2019 bold predictions, I said he would be the top fantasy reliever in baseball after the All-Star break. He was anything but that. He was an absolute train wreck all the way through to where he was released at least once last year, maybe twice. Um, this offseason, it looked like he found his, Founded, it, it, Might I add, he was coming back from Tommy John a year and a half. before. At, he was a year and a half removed from Tommy John and was throwing his first pitches in 2019. This year, another full year later, he was pitching really well in spring training. And he caught Matheny's eye. And he got that closer role real quick early in the year. Finished as the fifth-best reliever this year in fan track scoring. 1.9 ERA, 0.845 whip, 11 saves, 38 strikeouts, and 23 innings. He's a free agent this offseason. I'm pretty confident he'll go somewhere and be a closer to start the year. But as much as I've wanted him the last two years, I'm off this train right now if his ADP is as an elite closer because... That's what I've said. This is the Francisco Liriano guy for me. I want to buy him when his value's down, but when it's as a top reliever, I'm off because I've seen this at least twice with the Cardinals where he would just completely lose the strike zone and be be a mess for a season. So, Rosenthal's my pick. I'm glad I finally got, got my comeuppance with him here. I think this year I doubled down and said he'd be a top 10 closer so he he managed to pull that
1: one off at least rosenthal's my guy i um in my december draft and hold i got him in round 42 beautiful so yeah that was uh that was a nice win i had a couple shares of him too but i know that was your guy so i was like i'm just gonna let him have that one where do you uh little game here where do you think so just among relievers, mm-hmm. where do you think that he's going in these, in these mocks Seven. where so I'm going to remove, um, Corbin Burns is listed as a reliever yeah, on here. He and can. so, and so is, uh, Framber Valdez. So I'm going to take him them out. He is the 14th close wow. off the board.
0: I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that
1: what, what, where I'll we, read them. I'll yeah. read them off real quick. Hater, Liam okay. Hendricks, Edwin Diaz, or Chapman, Brad hand, Nick Anderson, Kenley Jansen, Alex Colome, Devin Williams, which I thought was interesting because obviously Hater and Williams, only one of them would be the closer. Presley, Iglesias, Jordan Hicks, Melanson, and then Rosenthal.
0: I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I would have him much. I think I'm having him higher than that.
1: I think I would,
0: too. Uh, and Hicks?
1: Well, you know what? Hicks only went in one draft, I guess. So Okay. So far, anyways. I don't know how they're actually doing these averages, but I, I could not take Hicks over Rosenthal. I know that.
0: I'm going up to Brad Hand. I mean, I'm not even sure I'd take him over Brad or Brad Hand over him cuz I I know Hans had the gig but I, he started showing some warts that's a guy I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd be nervous about these
1: closers man these closers are ugly it's yeah after the first four it's like oh man
0: mm-hmm. yeah so maybe maybe I would take him in there and just hope and pray that he continues but yeah there's a lot of those that make me cringe Maybe that just means I don't want to take closure. A lot
1: right. of it, a lot of it's really about just keeping the role and not being terrible. Yep. You know, I mean, that's which kind of go hand in hand, obviously. But, um, yeah, it was lower than I thought. I, when I looked, cause I was remember saying, I was curious like where he'll go. And I thought he would actually, I thought it would be higher. Um, yeah, I expected it to be higher. I just, surprised
0: man very very surprised maybe i'll end up owning trevor rosenthal again
1: yeah we'll see how he moves how much he moves up or down you know depending on a lot of it depends on the offseason where guys land and you know closer roles changing and stuff like that but yeah all
0: right well that was a lot of fun a lot of good players interesting names who had big years and we got to talk about some where we think they might some of these guys are gonna be going forward. And that'll be fun, and um, I think we're gonna try next. Uh, we made all those 365 bets, and I don't really. I threw them all out the window, but I thought it'd be fun to maybe come back, circle back next episode, and we could talk about those, and we could talk. I I think that's where we're gonna go. We might might change my mind over the course of next week, but I think it might give us some more interesting topics about guys who we felt differently going on, differently about before the year that maybe. We'll see where we land on those guys. That might be some fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know we mentioned possibly doing uh where we draft the first round. Yes. We got to do we'll that do soon the, too. We'll do that at some point, probably in the next few shows. So, Yeah.
0: But either way, that was a lot of fun. Um, real quick, have you been watching the NBA finals? I know that's going on right now.
1: Uh, a little bit. Yeah, not a ton, but just like little bits when there's – if there's a point where there's no baseball or football on, and that's what's on, yeah, you know, a little bit, but not a ton.
0: How weird is it that the NBA finals are going on in fall? I know, I know,
1: right? <laughs> I heard they might not start up back up till March too. It's just weird. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, because it's usually starting right now. Yeah, it's usually right around Halloween is when they start like the regular season, but.
0: So how are they going to get caught up? Are they going to like have a forty game season next year? Is that I, what they're saying?
1: I have no idea. I don't really know that much. I, uh, I don't know.
0: Weird. Yeah, just
1: I heard that mentioned, and no idea how they're going to catch up. Yeah,
0: it's it's a weird time in sports. I it's mean, crazy
1: so- how much it's affected everything. You know, it's it actually baseball is going to be all right i think i mean like going next year i assume as of now i mean don't you that it's just going to it be 162 games i would yes. think i yeah, don't
0: th- I, just, I, I think this virus will still be a deal and i think we'll still yeah. have that going on but yeah, yeah i think would. they'll have a normal season for the most part with they'll probably try having more off days scheduled for these teams just yeah. because of the fact that with with with, with for scheduling it might help but yeah, I could definitely see a full 162 next year.
1: Yeah, I'm hope I mean, god, I hope.
0: Let's hope. Yeah. And I know football is dealing with all kinds of problems. I think I've told you guys I decided not to play fantasy football this year and with all this mess you have, fantasy football players have been having to deal with, I have feeling really good about that decision. There how many are there games canceled this weekend yet? For, I'm talking about COVID.
1: Um, no, there's – no, there's not. There's one one of the game. there's a Tuesday game, <laughs> which is just so strange. And they're moving some games around, but no, there's no game canceled this weekend. Okay, and
0: there was – how many were canceled last weekend? Was it one? I think it Two? was
1: one. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was one. One was pushed back. Yep um i think they're pushing back like the thursday game next week because buffalo's got to play tuesday and then they can't turn around and play thursday so they're pushing that to sunday you know they're just having to shift some stuff but yeah there's no game uh there's no game postponed this weekend as of now anyways
0: it's too bad manfred's not running the nfl we'd have three-quarter doubleheaders yeah yeah right (laughs) i was thinking about that the other day yeah (laughs) oh boy oh gee but yeah let's just hope we can get back baseball back and be at least close to normal with and i guess i we got fans and stands for some of these games so for football so maybe we'll even have some baseball
1: fans and stands and
0: maybe we'll have minor league games i'd Freaking Cardinals. I want to go see the Springfield Cardinals again. and
1: Yeah, I want to see some games too.
0: This was supposed to be the year I was stalking Julio Rodriguez in Springfield. And <laughs> I may not even get that chance now. I mean, who knows where he'll be in April.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Who do you, um, of the four teams left, who do you want to win it? If, like, just... Nothing as to do fan. with anything. Yeah, nothing to do with anything other than just who do you want to win? The Braves. The Braves.
0: But I th- I feel so hopeless about that that I think I would say the race. Yeah. Just because I don't want Houston to win after everything, it's not as much the cheating as compared to the the smugness about it all. Yeah. Yeah. And. The Dodgers, I've said before, I really still haven't completely shaken the all the stuff from seven years ago that nobody was on that team except Kershaw for, and I love Kershaw, but they're also the team that they're they're the best team, and I admire them and I respect them, but jeez, they're just so dang good. I, maybe I should hope for because I do want Kershaw to to get that stigma about him in the playoffs off of him but i can't cheer for him so yeah atlanta what about you
1: god i don't know i i think now it's just at the point that i want kershaw to get his ring Mm -hmm. but it's not like um i mean he's just always been my guy but it's it's a lot of it's to do with the, the other teams left. Like, I just... Astros, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. the cheating, like you said, it's more the smugness to me. The cheating is not... It's whatever at this point, but the way that they've kind of acted about it is more... Bugs me more than anything else. And then, um, yeah, the Braves are fine. Rays, whatever. I mean, it's just... I'm not a big fan of any of the teams. So, I would say probably would like to see uh Kershaw do it. But you know if they if he gets the ring this year they'll just say, Oh, a, it was only a sixty game season. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well October who knows if October's more difficult. <laughs> so that's silly if anybody says that. I mean but yeah. I I would be very happy for Kershaw if they did. It wouldn't be like I've I used to absolutely despise the Yankees. And I still don't like them, but it's not as much for the organization as just annoying fans that I talk to. But um, it's not like that. I respect the heck out of them. I think the fans are all right, too. All the Dodger fans I know, all of them seem like good people. So, yeah, I'd be happy for them.
1: I tell you what, if, if this year, like, if the Cubs had never won it, like, if they didn't win it in 2016, mm-hmm. I would almost, like, if it, if this year they were like lined up to win it, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I would feel about it. Oh, cause it's like, now it's different now that they won it because, but if that's your only win, like, don't you think that that's going to get looked at differently down the line? Like, I don't know.
0: It would be odd. And I think it would depend on how they got in. If they got in as a one or a two seed, I really don't think you could say much. But let's say you're in the Marlins who get in as a six seed, and they get hot and win. You know, you can say it on two hands. There's more teams and there's more rounds they had to win. But on the same note, they wouldn't have been in on a normal season. Yeah. So, it, but if you're like if you're the Dodgers and you're rolling through the league, you would have been in the playoffs regardless. And you win, I wouldn't think a thing
1: about it if it was them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe not. I just I know if the if this was like the year the Cubs broke their curse. Like I said, if it was just <laughs> if if twenty sixteen just didn't yeah. happen. I just I don't know. Like if I would want I mean obviously you want it as a fan, but I don't know if they would feel if that would get treated like it was legit. I just don't know if it would.
0: I hope whoever wins amongst these teams is treated legit because I feel at this point, I don't know how it would have felt two months ago about it, but I think, let's see. we got Tampa, the number one seed. We've got Houston. Houston wouldn't have been in the playoffs under a normal circumstance. So maybe if Houston wins, that argument is legit and the Braves and Dodgers were one and two seeds.
1: Yeah, like Houston had a losing record. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about that. Yeah, if they win the it's World Series, it's kind of uh, it's kind it's just crazy to think about. But
0: their fans will give the middle finger to everybody if they win. <laughs>
1: they they at least yeah they at least already won you know so it's like yeah. But yeah, just stuff I thought about.
0: Yep. Well, it'll be fun. We got some good championship series to watch. We'll get back in here and we'll talk some more baseball soon hopefully before we get the world series started but it's good talking with you andrew this was fun
1: yep yeah definitely definitely a good one
0: and thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time take care everybody
1: yeah take care guys